0: Well hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Now, over the last few episodes of our podcast, we've been talking about how we can all find rhythm in our lives. And it's important for us to find rhythm in our lives because if we're being honest, we all know that our lives can feel busy and chaotic and even a little overwhelming sometimes. But that's not what God wants our lives to be like. God wants us to find a rhythm for our lives that will help us be at peace. And to follow him so over the last few episodes we've been talking about how we can find this rhythm in some important areas in our lives so we've talked about how we can find that rhythm when it comes to our work and when it comes to our rest and in this episode we're going to be talking about how we can find that rhythm when it comes to our worship Now, if you spent much time around the church, then you probably have an idea about what worship is all about. But worship isn't just about singing songs or saying prayers, collecting an offering, or even listening to a sermon. What worship is about is about encountering God and following God in every area and aspect of our lives. So let me turn it over to Joe Nolan for this episode's sermon, and we'll find out more about how we can find that rhythm when it comes to our worship.
1: So over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about creating rhythm in our life, in our work, and in our rest. And specifically how our uh, rhythm is created by realizing that work should not control your life, and that rest has a purpose, and it's necessary. But today we're going to talk about the one that kind of ties all of that together. Today we're going to be talking about creating rhythm in our worship. Throughout this series, we've actually been weaving worship in and out of work and and rest uh, through our life, and today we're going to keep talking about that by going a little bit deeper into why worship is so important to our rhythm. You see, worship is something that is always within us. It's something that never leaves us, yet we can forget that we can worship wherever we are. Worship does not start and stop inside of this room. Worship goes with us outside of these walls, and worship appears in everything that we do, and it affects how we think and how we act. Worship comes from our prayers and our actions, and it also comes from our words. It's more than just singing a song or sitting down and listening to a sermon, and it's something that we have to use to create rhythm within our life. So today, we're actually going to be looking at two stories from the Bible, Um that teach us how to include worship in the rhythm of our life. The first comes from the book of John in chapter 4. In this story, Jesus has just come into a Samaritan town called Sychar. And he has seated himself at the well and starts a conversation with a Samaritan woman who comes to draw water at the well that day. Now, we're not going to go into a lesson of how many norms that Jesus breaks in this one little conversation, But instead, we're going to be focusing on what he finishes saying to her at the end of his speech there. So starting in verse 23, uh, we'll be reading in John chapter 4, and here's what that says. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. If there's one thing that many of us struggle with, and I'm guilty of it as well, it's that keeping a steady rhythm of worship in our life. There can be times when we uh, only associate activities that we do here in this building, like Bible studies and our, our actual services and singing songs and doing our devotionals that we associate with worship. But doing this can actually form an unhealthy idea that worship only happens in certain times and certain places you see, worship can be done at all times. Not just in a church or in a ministry type of task, but worship can be done at all times. The Scripture from the book of John that we just read tells us about a time that Jesus shared the meaning of true worship. And Jesus continuously shows what that means throughout His life. I mean, we rarely ever see Jesus actually worshiping inside the temple. He was always in the wilderness or in somebody else's home or in one of the gardens. He was nowhere near a church and rarely do any of the stories that he he worships in happen on a Sunday. So if worship isn't about meeting in a building or on a Sunday morning, then what does it mean to truly worship in spirit and in truth? Well, the first part, the spirit, it means that worship has to come from within. It needs to be sincere and heartfelt. It also means that worship needs to come at all times Regardless of how we feel, we might be having a bad day, but you can still worship with, sincere, with a sincere heart in that day as well. And remember, worship is, just, is more than just singing songs on Sunday. It's involved in every aspect of our life, but even in here, our worship has to be more than just going through the motions. We have to have our heart in it. I mean, think about it. Do we just do communion because it's written in our bylaws to do so nine times throughout the year? No. I mean, that's, that's part of it, but that's not the main reason of why we take communion. When we come together and do communion, we do it to remind ourselves several times throughout the year why we follow Christ and what He did for us that makes us want to follow Jesus. We don't come in here and take of the body and go, hmm, Flesh is a little stale this morning. Or at least we shouldn't do that. Um, But we come and we take the bread and we take the juice as a reminder of what happened to Christ's body and the death that He had to endure to set us all free. And we put our whole selves into that single act of worship when we come together to do it. But the same should be going for all of our acts of worship throughout the day. We should be putting our whole self into into the act, and it should come from a sincere heart. And that's what worshiping in spirit means. And then there's the other side of it, the truth. And it's kind of exactly what Jesus talks about with a lot of the stuff that He does. But our worship has to be based on the truth of the Bible. Worship has to be based on the truth of the Bible. See, we can worship anything. And a lot of us actually worship many things sometimes without even realizing we're doing it. And if you don't believe me, think about your favorite TV program or your favorite movie or your favorite sports team or even that hobby that manages to consume a little bit more resources than you had originally intended on when you started. For sports teams, I've actually been to a church that they released early on Sunday so that we could go home and watch the UK game during March Madness. I am even guilty of letting things like my Legos and playing video games take precedence over spending time worshipping God. And it's easy to do, and sometimes we do it without realizing it, and it's really hard to recognize when when we're by ourselves. My point here is that the truth that we worship can be twisted and skewed by outside influences. And because of the things that we think are in the Bible, we get off base. So when we are worshiping, we need to be sure that we are worshiping in spirit and in truth. So to worship in spirit and truth, we have to remember that we can't just go through the motions of worship in order to please God. That sort of thinking leads us to an imbalance um, where we think that our actions inside of this room are what make us Christians. And that's not what worship is all about. Worship is about taking God with you, not just meeting God in this place. Worship is about taking God with you and not just meeting God at church. And it's about leaving this place and still worshiping Jesus through our thoughts and our actions and our words outside of this room. I mean, if we only worship God inside of this place, then we would kind of be putting Jesus in a box. And no, I don't actually have a Jesus in a box illustration for you guys this morning. Uh, But that's not the point. But it's exactly what we do when we only worship Him here. But if we don't continue to worship God outside of this place, then we start to lose sight of what is important. We throw our lives out of the rhythm that God had intended for us all. That actually leads us into our next story this morning. And this story actually takes place in Jesus' childhood during one of the Passover festivals. It was a tradition for Joseph to take his family uh, on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem uh, during this time of year, every year, and we get an uh, a instance of that in the story we're going to read. But they get so wrapped up, Mary and Joseph get so wrapped up in the festivities that when they leave, they don't realize that someone isn't leaving with them. So let's read in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be starting in verse 41 for this one, and here's what that says. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. So when I started out as a parent, uh, I read the scripture and I kind of had that thought of, how could they forget their son? I mean, I would never forget mine, right? Of course, when I said this, uh, Patrick was just born, so I was a brand new father, and Elizabeth and I were always hyper aware of where he was at all times, because even at that point, that's when all the reports of babies being left in hot cars were coming in almost every day. So we knew where our child was at all times because we were new parents and that worried about it. Today kind of understand Mary and Joseph a little bit better here, Uh, especially after being out on family vacations where other members of our family are responsible for the whereabouts of my kids. Uh, And I also understand the frustration that Mary and Joseph felt and the worry that they had as well. I know it actually hasn't happened to me yet, but Patrick is only seven, so we'll see what happens. Um, But I'm not only surprised that Mary and Joseph left without Jesus, because he was, his son, he was their son. But it also surprises me that they left Jesus because Jesus is the Son of God. But the point here isn't that Jesus was left behind. It was that Mary and Joseph took their eyes off of Jesus. And as Christians, we should always keep our eyes on Jesus. As Christians, we should always keep our eyes on Jesus. Because when we keep our eyes on Jesus, our worship continues. It doesn't matter where you are or even what you're doing. If our focus is on Jesus, then our worship is as well. Our worship is going to the right place when our focus is on Christ. Mary and Joseph left their son because they lost focus of what was important. They forgot the importance of who Jesus was in this moment. They lost the wonder of who Jesus was and who He is And when he replies to his mother in the passage that we just read, he replies like a child who thought that the answer should have been clear to both of them. And his answer was basically, I've been right here. I thought you would have looked here first for me since this is my father's house that I'm sitting in. But Joseph and Mary lost the wonder of who Jesus was. And as Christians, we have to make sure that we never lose that wonder. Never lose the wonder of God. Never get tired of those wow moments. And if you don't understand what I mean by a wow moment, let me me explain a little bit more. See, last year I donned the persona of a guy named Professor Joe, or who I called Pro Joe for our online VBS last year. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, here I am right here in a picture. So um, what you don't actually see in that picture is I'm decked out with shorts and flip-flops as well, so you know. Very professional uh, scientist there. But <laughs> uh, but the whole idea of that week was creating wow moments at the science experiments that I did with my kids throughout the week. And there were simple things like a Mentos and Diet Coke experiment or creating a lava lamp and making slime. Uh, but it was seeing the wow factor in using everyday supplies from your home to do amazing experiments with. And yes, every day, There was a cheesy wow that came out in every presentation that we made, and my kids did it with me too. And here's the thing, while we were trying to get some of these experiments to work, I personally wasn't always feeling that wow moment. There were two experiments in particular where filming the event kind of fell flat for me and and I was kind of bored with it. And honestly, if I looked online and had filmed it all in real time without speeding it up a little bit, I felt like our online viewers would have been bored with it as well. The two experiments in question were balancing coins on a ruler and a water bottle on the counter, and then creating a rainbow density drink. And I use drink very loosely here because it's basically food coloring and about 10 cups of sugar. So, (laughs) yeah. But with the coins, I watched my kids stack coin after coin on the ruler to try to get everything to balance there. And I just wasn't seeing the wow. And then Patrick and I tried to use the rainbow, do the rainbow density drink. And uh, because I got impatient with it, our density drink that was supposed to be rainbow turned into brown water. Um, And I just didn't see the wow inside of the experiment, it just kind of fell flat for me. I even did a time lapse to, to speed everything up, and I put action music behind it to make everything a little bit more exciting for us pouring water into a glass and putting coins on a ruler. But even though I was acting out the excitement, I just wasn't feeling it. But you know what? My kids did. Patrick and Brittany both loved being my minions that week for those videos. And even with the simplest experiment with the coins, They were both up on the kitchen uh, counter, stacking coins on the ruler and, and laughing when they all fell off on one side and amazed when they were able to get them to actually balance out. And after we finished the first round of the rainbow density experiment, I went back and did it correctly. And when they saw the result, they were just amazed and awed by the fact that I was able to separate different colors out in the glass. And their point of view on those simple experiments, those things where I wasn't feeling the wow moment, but they were, that attitude of being in awe and seeing that wow is how we should all be viewing Jesus. That is where our worship should be. Not in a place that we come in once a week to hear somebody talk and to sing some songs, but we should be looking for His glory and His power in all the small things of our world. We should be amazed by what He has created and what He has done. And we should never let that become stale in our life. So our worship should permeate every part of our life. In our work, in our rest, in every other area as well. It's what helps to keep rhythm in this chaotic world. It's our drumbeat that is found underneath all the noise that this world throws at us. It drives the song forward and... It helps keep time and keeps us all together. Now, I used these juggling balls at, a couple weeks ago in my first one to provide an illustration for all everything being in balance, and so it kind of made sense that I should kind of close with them as well. So when we have rhythm, we have balance. And with that balance, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is always with us, and He's the one that we should be worshiping. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the opportunity to share Your Word today. We thank You for the rhythm that You uh, help us find in our lives. Remind us that You are with us always, not just in this room, but everywhere that we go. Help us to keep our focus on You and to make You the center of worship. Thank You for Your love and Your joy, and may we always be in wonder of Your glory. In Jesus' name
0: we pray. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has reminded you of how important worship is to every area and every aspect of our lives. And I hope that this series has encouraged you to find a rhythm for your life so that you don't feel like you're too busy or that things get too overwhelming for you. But this does bring it into this sermon series. So in our next episode, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons. And they're going to be focusing in on that big event that's coming up in the world soon. That's the Olympic Games. So over the next few episodes, we are going to be exploring some of the most memorable events and athletes from the Olympics. And we're going to see what their stories can teach us about how we can follow God and run this race that we call life. So we hope that you'll join us next Tuesday when our next episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app and also remember that you're invited to come and join us any sunday morning at 10:30 a.m eastern time on our church website you can worship with us at MHBCLouville.com slash live we would love to have you with us well until next time i hope that you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast